Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Coram, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. We're back with esteemed positivity expert, Dr. Paul Jenkins. I have to say right off the bat, this series with Dr. Paul was eye-opening for me, and it's had a significant impact on my thinking. If you listen to our first episode, you'll agree that Paul is an incredible individual with a heartwarming presence, but he also possesses extensive knowledge and expertise gained over his impressive 30-year career as a psychologist, speaker, author, and trainer. Today's episode is really exciting as we dig into the fascinating realm of emotions, the highs and the lows that shape our human experience. We explore how our minds process these emotions through two interconnected mechanisms, evaluation and creation. Evaluation involves the ongoing process of judging and comparing our circumstances, while creation encompasses the extraordinary power of imagination and anticipation. By integrating these two processes, we have the potential to shape our ability to respond to the craziness of life instead of reacting to it. We can gain control over our emotions and foster positivity. So without further ado, let's dive right into the captivating world of emotions with Dr. Paul Jenkins. So let's lean in and learn from the best. So you've identified a simple model, which outlines two processes in our mind, evaluation and creation. You contend that these two processes determine our level of positivity. So explain how these processes work and how it would benefit us to use these things. Now you're getting into my real wheelhouse here. (laughs) This is the operating instructions for the equipment of your own mind. Okay. Okay. So as we were talking recently about metacognition, thinking about your thinking, I invite you to notice that there are two processes. There's more than two. Okay. But we're going to identify two specific processes that are going on in your mind all the time. You can't turn these off any more than you can turn off gravity. (laughs) When you get up and think, oh, I wonder if gravity's on today. (laughs) It tends to be, right? And these are two, okay? So your brain is designed to do this, and it's because of those two jobs that your brain has to keep you safe and to prove you right. (laughs) Both of those get in our way all the time. But in order to keep you safe, your brain has to do this. It has to evaluate, okay? So you mentioned the two processes are evaluation and creation. Let's look at evaluation first, meaning judgment. Now, turn on your metacognition and notice something. You are constantly judging, Mm. aren't you? Yes. You judge yourself pretty harshly sometimes. You judge your spouse, your marriage, you judge your kids, you judge your community. You judge the people at work, you judge the economy, you judge the government, you judge the weather, you're judging me. It's cool, I'm judging you. (laughs) We can't turn it off. No. And it's because your brain is designed to do this. It's part of keeping you safe. Yeah. Is this a threat? Is it not a threat? Yes. Is this good? Is this bad? Is this good for me? Is this bad for me? Mm -hmm. Is this something I want? Is this something I dislike? It's constant, constant evaluation. All right. Now, evaluation implies comparison with some standard. Mm. So compared to what? Right. I ask my audiences sometimes, am I a tall man? 
and I'm standing up there on stage six foot two. Okay. And most people are like, yeah, you're pretty tall. And then I put up a picture of me with Mark Eaton, who used to play center for the Utah Jazz, stands seven foot four. You look like a tiny person. I barely make his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> standing next to Big Mark. Okay. So am I a tall man or not? Well, your answer to that depends on who or what you compare me to. Mm. And you're not wrong. In fact, you're always right based on the comparison that you chose. So check it out. <laughs> this annoys people sometimes too, okay? Bring it. It is what it is. You've heard that. Yeah. And it can be annoying depending on who's saying and why, but all it means is where you are, what you have, who you're with, the way things are right now without changing anything. It is what it is. Now, what's your brain doing with it? Evaluating. So you're taking your situation, your circumstances, your what it is, and you're comparing it to something and you're coming up with a judgment. Mm. So check it out. Can you imagine anything better than what you've already got? Can I imagine? Yeah, you can. yeah of course. Everything's always better. Think about your bank account. Yeah. In your brain, everything's always better. So you can imagine something better. Now, how do you feel? When you compare what you've got to something better, how do you feel about what you got? I feel inadequate. I feel lesser than. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. Okay? And you're always right about how you feel. It does suck compared to something better. But what if, can you imagine anything worse than what you've already got? Of course. Yes, you can. Yeah. Yeah. In my book, Pathological Positivity, I talk, chapter one is lightning strikes. Okay. And that, you know how you're going along through life and boom, you're just struck by this thunderous bolt of lightning. And for me, it was a bankruptcy. Mm. Okay. That was my what it is. For some people, it's a divorce or it's a diagnosis or whatever. Okay. But we take that and we compare it to something. Now, when I compare bankruptcy to non bankruptcy, I'm like, this sucks. Mm -hmm. But I got to learn about some of my ancestors who were immigrants to the United States, and then they became pioneers pulling a handcart across the plains of the United States to come to the Western United States, okay? They had seven kids in their family, and they're dragging them across the plains of Wyoming, early winter snowstorms. If you go Google the, the Willie Handcart Company, you'll see that this was a very ill-fated group of pioneers. Most of them died, okay? And they're waking up every morning wondering if they're going to have to kick snow over one of their kids and leave them on the side of the road. Mm. And I think a bankruptcy is hard. Mm. It opened my eyes, Eric. It was like, wait, I'm saying this is hard as I know exactly where my kids are going to be sleeping. I know that we've got another meal coming, even in the middle of bankruptcy. So when you take your what it is and you compare it to something far worse, then how do you feel about what you got? A lot better. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah. Okay. Now the thing didn't change. The only thing that changed is your evaluation of it, and you don't always get to pick what happens. Have you noticed? Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes stuff just lands in your lap. That's life. You don't always get to choose what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you do get to choose how you evaluate it. What you compare it to 
And you're always right about how you feel. If you compare what you've got to something better, you're going to feel worse. If you compare what you've got to something worse, you're going to feel better about what you've got. Mm. This isn't rocket science. No. It is psychological science, however. Different science. I've got great news, y'all. AIM 7 is now compatible with Garmin devices, Fitbit, Aura, and the Apple Watch. This means that if you're ready to unlock the power of your wearable device, AIM 7 can provide you with actionable recommendations for your mind, body, and recovery so you can look, feel, and perform your best. We've made wellness simple for busy people. No more guessing is what type of exercise you should do today or how hard you need to push yourself to improve your fitness. We've got you covered. Join the over 200 people using the AIM 7 app and getting amazing results. In just the first 30 days, the average person experiences a 23% increase in motivation, 20% increase in mood, 17% better sleep quality, 16% more energy, and they feel like they have 10% less stress. That is amazing. Whether you're just getting started out or you've been exercising for years, AIM 7 will meet you right where you are to bring you to where you want to be. Sign up now. The link is in the show notes. All right, now back to the show. It is psychological science, and this is the first time that positive psychology has made sense to me. Yeah, well, you need a model, I think. People go around all the time, and they're like, just think positive, and it's just so annoying. You know, motivational speakers or gurus or podcasters or whatever, and they don't even know what they're talking about. We're getting to the psychological science behind what it actually means. That's why it's making sense. This is amazing. You mentioned two processes, though. Yeah. Eric, and I'll get to that. You were going to say something. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll get to the. Well, let's go there real quick. Mm -hmm. Creation. Mm. Okay. So we've got evaluation. That's what we've been talking about. Creation is a whole different mode of thinking. So it's not just about being aware of our thinking, it's about being aware of which mode of thinking we're in. Evaluation is where we judge. Creation is about what is to be. And that doesn't exist yet. We haven't created it yet. It hasn't yet come to pass. All right? So all we can do is imagine what's coming. And we think, as human beings, that we're really good at predicting. And I'm sorry, we're not. We're awful at that. (laughs) I knew that as I was shoveling two and a half feet of partly cloudy off of my sidewalk. (laughs) (laughs) You've never used that one in a speech before. Even even weathermen who are skilled at predicting meteorological events still get surprised, right? right. We don't know. How are you doing next week? I don't know. (laughs) Dr. Eric Corum, you don't know. That's right. Now, you've got something to do with it. Don't forget that. But you don't know. So all you can do is imagine what's coming. Now, tune into the feelings here. Okay. When you imagine or predict or expect or anticipate that what's coming is even worse than what I've already got, how do I feel? Anxious. Yes, you nailed it. This is anxiety. That's 30 years of clinical experience in a nutshell right there. 
Hmm. Anxiety is defined by our imagination of worse things to come, and it creates a fight or flight response in our body because we're in danger and our brain is there to keep us safe and then to prove us right. So then it's going to work to say, yeah, we really are in danger when we don't know what's coming. Mm. But flip the table now. How do you feel when you anticipate or expect or predict that what's coming is even better than what you've already got? How do you feel? You're excited. Yes. Excitement, anticipation, hope. And can I slip this part in? Because hope is the number one preventative factor for suicide. Hmm. hope. And I just shared with you how it can be created on demand. Hmm. This saves lives. You're always right about how you feel. How you feel is 100% consistent with the way your brain is doing these two processes, evaluation and creation. And I put it all into a visual model too. In fact, anybody who's listening, you can get a free copy of my mini book that lays this all out at drpauljenkins.com slash blueprint. Just remember my name and the name of this podcast. Thank you for doing that, by the way. That's the instructions, and you're welcome. I want to share this with as many people as possible because you know what? Like I said, this saves lives. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, it shows us exactly how and why happiness is literally a choice. And it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. Because no matter what, it could always be better. So where does ha- when does happiness be become joy? <laughs> that is a fun question. Because I think that's the main purpose of life. You know, in my book, I talk about the feeling, capital T, capital F. <laughs> hmm. It's the purpose that we do everything. And I've labeled that as joy. Because I think joy includes a full spectrum of emotions and feelings. In fact, a lot of people think that depression means sadness. It doesn't. Depression is more accurately defined as numbness Mm. than sadness. I think people who experience joy have happiness and sadness. They experience the full spectrum of emotions, and that brings a richness to life. And the predominant cast of their life and their emotional experience is positive. So even in the pain, we see that as something that contributes richly to our life. Mm. Uh, I've got a whole training that I do on creation mode Mm. and creation starts with discontent, which is not a pleasant emotion, but it's the only thing that will get a creator moving forward. Mm. discontent is the starting point for a creation process. So in fact, one of the entrepreneurs that I coach, he came to me, he's like, why am I always so unhappy? And I'm like, I don't think you're unhappy. I think you experience creative discontent. And he's like, oh, yes. <laughs> it's and true. <laughs> you get an agitation, you see a pain point. Yeah. And yes. that agitation actually gets you to move forward to take action. And yes. the more the more pain points you see or the more problems you see, the more you're going to work to try to solve them. This is so brilliant. Like this is, I've never heard it put this way in my entire life. And it really, it's like this Mm. cognitive shift 
that needs yeah. to take place, especially this uh, concept on depression. It's almost the absence of feeling. Right. Because the feeling of the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, the, the happy, the sad, the joy, the pain, that's healthy human functioning, right? Yes. Take grief for just mm. a minute. Not a pleasant emotion. Right. Okay. But if you remove the grief, the only way that you can remove grief from your life is to stop loving people. Mm. You, how did you feel when my grandmother died? I didn't know her. I know you cold, heartless person. You didn't <laughs> feel a thing, did you? No. It's because you didn't experience the relationship. Right. I got to feel the grief because it's part of a package, right? It comes, if you choose to love people, you're going to have some pain. But the cost is far too great. If you want to get rid of the pain, you got to get rid of the love too. Hmm. And that's just an example, okay? Because there has to be this opposition. There's this ancient, I've got a little puzzle here on my desk of this ancient Taoist symbol called yin and yang, right? Mm -hmm. And it's that perfect blending of the, opposites that create the whole experience. So when you ask me about joy, I'm going to the whole picture. Mm. It includes the sadness and the happiness. So I don't know, maybe we're getting too philosophical. No, now. no, this is not philosophical at all. This is like stuff that people really, really need to hear. Thanks again for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And if while you were listening to the show today, you thought of a friend or a loved one that could really use this message on how to respond and not react to the craziness of life, please share it with them. You never know. It just may change their life. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.